Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 127. You can listen to the show wherever you get your NFC East blog, podcast networks, all throughout the SB Nation universe. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. And if you watch or if you listen, you will see or hear the audio or visual stylings of myself. I'm Arjo Chubb from Blog and the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, BLG. Happy Tuesday of week two to you, my friend. RJ, it was an exciting week one of NFL action. So glad to have football back other than being super stressed out, which is uh, something you can't really relate to after week one. But I think most NFL fans can, and that is the norm. And the 2022 Eagle season was kind of a reprieve from that in a unique way where they just beat the crap out of everyone and you, you didn't really have to suffer through the stress, but uh, this week one was a nice reminder that it is not easy to win in the NFL. Yeah. Um, turns out everyone is mortal. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, time is fleeting and, you know, pressure is all around us. I actually thought you were going to say um, when you were kind of talking about being stressed um, about how the Eagles are playing on Thursday night football this week. So that that's, that's a, a also around, adding yeah. to it for sure, because I always say the, the, the lead up to week one is already a challenge because you're not just previewing week one, you're previewing the whole season. Like the scope of the whole season mm-hmm. is also in play. Week two, you kind of get settled in normally, but alas, yeah, Eagles playing on Thursday in week two. So it's a really condensed schedule here. Yeah, like I would not trade this time of year for anything, believe me, but it is overwhelming to deal with like, okay, I have to read this and I have to listen to this and I have to watch this. And then it's like, all that is just football related. And then it's like, okay, well, the Premier League was off, but now the Premier League is coming back. It's like the Houston Astros are doing really well. Philly's kind of keeping people interested, right? Uh, So like, it's just like, um, I wouldn't say oversaturation, but uh, it's a lot to process. Uh, Again, the absolute best time of the year. Um, I'm so grateful that we're here, that we have actual NFL games and things to discuss. Um, it's better than the middle of June. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, Hey, it's good to talk about and say that it's a little bit overwhelming. Uh, we'll of course get to the Cowboys, um, statement, if you want to call it that, um, against the New York giants, we have a new divisional order to get to Mm. Brandon. Uh, now that we have a a week of, uh, of NFL action behind us, but before we do, we do have to touch on this. This is the biggest story going on in the NFL. Uh, I mentioned it uh, as always we're recording. It's currently 11.14 a.m. Central Time on Tuesday, but this episode will drop on Wednesday. Uh, And on Monday Night Football, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers left the game after four snaps offensively. Um, It did not look good. Uh, All the Twitter doctors rushed to kind of diagnose things. But as you and I sit, it has been confirmed that he has a torn Achilles. Um, I know that a lot of people have different thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. This is such a huge bummer for football. Uh, Just a really awful thing. Um, because I think we were all really interested to see whether or not this was going to work out. Uh, this does have an impact in a football sense on the NFC East because the division is playing the AFC East this season. And obviously at this point, none of them, none of the four teams have played the Jets. Obviously the Cowboys do on Sunday though. Really benefits the Cowboys just coming off straight from this game. It's not like the Jets have time to really even prep a new starter if they want to move on from Zach Wilson, which I think they kind of might have to consider at some point considering he's not a good player and and they're on a short week too by the way like in general like that's a difficult thing you know what i mean so um short week and have to travel but go ahead sorry carson wentz baby he's still out there like the nfc east's own carson wentz could um potentially end up there joe douglas is the jets general manager he was obviously with carson wentz in philly for 
think three seasons there. So something to keep an eye on, but certainly um, I think there are a lot of times in sports where people are like, Oh, I feel so bad for this fan base. And I think a lot of times that's overstated and I actually don't really feel bad, especially if it's like a brutal loss. Like those happen. That happens. This is very generally don't feel bad. Like I mean, generally normally don't. Okay. I I think that phrase gets thrown a lot around. It's often thrown around too liberally i feel bad for this other fan base i actually feel bad for jets fans i mean this is this sucks it's also just not good for i think general nfl fan rob Lowe hat wearing the logo like right. this is not entertaining to see right. aaron Rodgers not even throw a pass he didn't even throw it i mean he or complete a single pass yeah he, he threw, threw one, one. Pass. right didn't even complete a pass for the jets like that's that's devastating that is absolutely if you're a jets fan like we're cursed like nothing good can happen to us that's it's it's terrible um it certainly draws a lot of intrigue out of things especially just ahead of this matchup between uh, a quarterback who owns the cowboys and the cowboys right. and mike mccarthy of it all getting to see that again so uh we got robbed of that uh and then we got robbed of a a, a chance for the jets to beat the eagles for the first time ever when the Jets right. and Eagles play off, I mean, obviously, it's still the possibility the Eagles can lose, but, you know, it's not the same juice level, certainly, with Rodgers not being there. So, yeah, just uh, certainly, you know, think of, obviously, there's a lot of people who probably aren't upset about this from the standpoint of they don't like Aaron Rodgers, but regardless right. of whether you like him or not, it's uh, objectively just less entertaining that he's not there. Um you mentioned feeling bad for for Jets fans. I think we've all been there, like, you know, for the most part, like every team, whatever sport, you've had like a player get hurt or, or something happen. And it's like it has just zapped like your hope and confidence and optimism in that season. I'm I'm reminded of this time a year ago when the Cowboys were coming off the season opening loss to the Buccaneers and Dak Prescott had the thumb injury. Right. We were like, well, he's out for like a month and a half. Like there's no way it's going to happen. And we all know what did. Uh, you were down in the dumps, man. You were like well, ready to call it a season. Like you were, and, and that was. Ju- yeah. I mean, again, like I'm not trying to compare the two, but that was just like he's going to miss some time. You know what I mean? Like right. this is, um, you know, to to have it happen right away. And I think the context of if you're, I know we have some younger fans. If you're a newer football fan, maybe an international fan, you don't quite know. Jets fans are notoriously, and you're you're from that neck of the woods, um, generally speaking. Um, they're notoriously hardened, right? And they're notoriously pessimistic and, and they notoriously don't believe that good things can happen to them. Um, and it, it did feel like, I think you would agree, that for the most part, they kind of let their guard down with with the Rodgers of it all, right? They allowed themselves to, to love again because how could you not, right? Like it's Aaron Rodgers, he's here to save the day. And so to have that ripped out from under you in the immediate way that it did was just really jarring. Um, and yeah, I mean, you talked about the Eagles have never lost to the Jets. The Cowboys have never beaten Aaron Rodgers at AT AT&T stadium or Cowboys stadium. And he's obviously won the Super Bowl there with Mike McCarthy. And we saw the two play one another, if you want to call it that with McCarthy being the coach last year at Lambeau fields, that was kind of cool. Uh, but it was going to be really cool to see them go up against one another, uh, with nobody wearing Packers gear in that building where they won the Super Bowl together. And obviously that won't happen. I think the Jets will still be a respectable team, kind of like they were last year. They're not just like a cakewalk team that is going to be competing for the number one overall pick. But, I mean, Zach Wilson is terrible. Come on, let's be real. Yeah, um, quickly, uh, because you, in all likelihood, are not going to be on TJ Football with myself and Steven Serta this week um, in the aftermath of the Eagles Thursday night game. You obviously have a lot of things to get to, but um, the Josh Allen discourse (laughs) is finally actual discourse it felt like the national world woke up to the idea that josh allen is kind of hazardous with a football in his hands Mm. um that loss 
I, like, I think we tend to put things on quarterbacks in a negative sense too much. I think we all think that that loss is a hundred percent on Josh. Like Josh, like there's no reason you should lose that game. If you're the bills, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, and a lot of people in my neck of the woods in terms of Twitter were saying that Josh Allen is basically just like a souped up Carson Wentz. And there's some truth to that in terms of the, you know, erratic nature. Obviously Allen has been better for longer um but yeah i mean there's some validity to that uh all nfc east teams we get to play them up close this year i think that is a game and that is a josh allen quarterback who can look a lot different in each of those games there might be a game where on the high end of that volatility he's just awesome and he it's like five touchdowns zero interceptions it also be something similar to the other way around so that's kind of uh it's more volatile i mean everyone coming into this season like the bills a lot they, by all indications, finished strong in terms of it won the best point differentials last year. Ranked, I think they might have been the number one overall team in DVOA heading into this season. Like a lot of positive indicators, uh, but certainly the Josh Allen factor is a complicating thing here that can bring them down. Um, I think that's well said, even though I missed 10 seconds of it while I was closing the blinds in here. Um, all right, that's enough AFC East talk. This is not the AFC East mixtape. But again, um, the division um, is one that the entire NFC East will play this coming season. But let's get to it. I mentioned we have a new divisional order. Um, I think for the first time since the end of 2021, the Dallas Cowboys lead. I, I don't know. I meant to look this up. I think the Eagles led it all the way through. I mean, obviously, they didn't lose their first game till forever. But um, they beat, was it Detroit in week one last year? And then mm-hmm. they just, you know, mounted and mounted. And, and Dallas had lost. Like, they were in first place really uh, from the jump. Uh, so the first time in a very, very long time that the Dallas Cowboys lead the way. Um, shutout victory on Sunday Night Football. Uh, 40 to nothing, obviously, against uh, another team that we'll discuss in the New York Giants. <laughs> but on the Cowboys side of things, Brandon, it very, very, very little to be upset about, um, obviously. It was um, kind of a, a perfect sort of game in a lot of ways. The offense wasn't asked to do a lot. And even then we're still pretty efficient. Um, I haven't looked after Monday night football, but they were ninth in offensive DVOA. They were six in EPA per play um, offensively. So, you know, still really efficient despite not gaudy numbers. Obviously the defense was overwhelming um, for the giants and even obviously uh, huge contributions on special teams. Um, just kind of a, a classic ass kicking that the Cowboys administered uh, in front of the whole world. It's a new level to dominating the Giants. Like they have, right. I mean, they've dominated them in this series, but the you know the, the final score is certainly new, especially last year. You know, the games were a little bit more competitive when the both Cowboys... won score games last year. Granted, the yeah. first with Cooper Rush. And you thought, okay, maybe this if this is a new Giants team, and that's what I think we were saying last week, then it has to look different this time. It didn't. It looked worse. It's it's the worst time. We'll get to the Giants later at the end of the show since they're last in the, in the division here, but. I mean, the game was over to me as soon as the Cowboys blocked that kick. Like, I thought yeah. that, that's not just a hindsight thing. Obviously, it's 40 to zero. Like, I thought that in the moment. I was like, oh, Giants definitely not yeah. losing this game. After that block kick, there's just no way. They have that nice drive. Like, oh, it might be different, whatever. No, nope, not at all. Uh, Giants defense, or sorry, the Cowboys defense just absolutely dominated a, guess what? Still an issue. A bad Giants offensive line. Certainly, um, Evan Neal is and not a good spot looking like he's not going to make that second year leap and instead is just a massive bust which is a huge issue uh there's nothing redeeming to say i mean cowboys made plays but the giants also created those plays in terms of, like the stefan gilmore pick like what's daniel jones even doing there throw that ball out of bounds like, you're just 
what are you doing? Like that was a horrible interception to throw. So give the Cowboys credit for making the plays um, and also give the Giants not a lot of credit because they played awful on their end. Um, I agree with you um, after the blocked field goal. I mean, because it really felt like, um, and again, we'll get to the Giants later, but it felt like they were really just kind of uh, punching above their weight. The Giants were on that initial possession. And so like to have that zapped and and turned into points um, the other way, in fact, I think, you know, uh, one of our great writers, uh, David Howman, uh, he does like a five most Im- important plays, you know, from every game at our site. And number one on his list was the Andrew Thomas false start um, that was on that first drive that obviously Micah Parsons caused. And it was it was kind of building, building, building. And then that was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Like after that, it just then the, there was the sack that wasn't a sack. Uh, and then that obviously led to the blocked field goal. Uh, by the way, there's a great article in The Athletic that Saad Youssef wrote about the um, kind of preparation that went into the blocked field goal, what C.J. Goodwin uh, did to kind of coach up. Um, obviously, Wanya Thomas and Noah Igbenogany. Uh, Noah Igbenogany, who wasn't even on the team just a couple of weeks ago, scored the first touchdown of the year for the Cowboys. What a weird um, kind of world. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't want to get into this debate right now because we'll definitely have it um, as the season goes along. I know you're not afraid of Dak Prescott is the, the term you've used. I don't I don't I can't think of a player. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is the answer from a Cowboys perspective that I imagine you or any NFC East fan would have to feel about Micah Parsons. Like the dude is just a monster. Like I I, I feel like I've never seen anything like him. Like he is. You know, we hadn't really seen a lot of him because he didn't play in the preseason, but like he only had one sack, but like he was responsible for so much havoc. I mean, he is, I, I said this in our post game show, he's the best non Mahomes player in the NFL right now. I mean, he's at least challenging in that discussion. He's up there. I definitely think that, I mean, he's probably already was at this level, but certainly cementing his status at like the DeMarcus Ware kind of fear level. Like, oh man, like we have to go up against that guy. That guy's definitely going to cause some <laughs> issues for us uh, at some point here. So yeah, I mean, Michael Parsons looks great. No surprise there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just really no, good. I, mean, well, like, I, didn't, I, I mean, can't it was really just... expound on it. Um, I thought it was really awesome to see Trayvon Diggs get really physical. That's been a knock against him, obviously, that he wasn't a physical player. Um, he had the popped ball um, that was the you know defensive touchdown that Deron Bland took back. He had the strip at the very end. Some of that, I mean, the Giants really quit. Like, what a bunch of losers. Um, again, I, I can't wait to get to them. But um, incredible effort by Trayvon Diggs, obviously, um, to just hustle. And honestly, one of the more impressive outings that you know we felt, at least on the Cowboys side of things, the Cowboys did not play Tyler Smith in this game. We had talked about that um, in the lead up last week. It's a long game. It was the right decision. It is still a scary and tenuous thing. Uh, but Chuma Adoga, who they signed in free agency, I mean, holy crap, dude, like respect, you know, walking in week one, you got to go up against this, you know, what we thought the thing still, I think, mm-hmm. is a stout, you know, interior defensive line. I mean, and to handle things really well was really impressive. Uh, I did want to ask you, since you brought up Dak, how you thought Dak played. I thought he missed some throws. Again, not the biggest deal, in part because they didn't even need him to play well at all. I uh, I don't even know if they needed the offense to play at all, actually. (laughs) I think I was talking to – Jimmy was bringing this up on BGN Radio, and he said, like, if the Giants just punted every time – I mean, or sorry, if the Cowboys punted every time on, like, first down, they still could have won this game. Uh, It did look like Pollard looked good. Wanted to touch on him as well. Uh, that's really encouraging. I think if you're the Cowboys coming off of the injury he did uh, with the 14 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns. But yeah, I guess, what did you make of Dak? Um, had some drops from his tight ends. I think like if those don't happen, 
you know, Tony Pard had two touchdowns that were goal line touchdowns. By the way, there was, and I made fun of this on all over the place, but like there was all the talk of like, oh no, what are the Cowboys going to do at the goal line? And I look, I'm I'm bummed that Zeke fumbled, and I'm I'm really hopeful that he has a great season. But like, you know, it was it was so silly that anybody ever made that out to be like this massive concern. Like they're they're going to score. Like that's what they're going to do. Tony Pard will be just fine. So, um, but those could have been two Dak Prescott touchdowns. Is my point, if not for mm-hmm. uh, the drops from Jake Ferguson. Peyton Hendershot had one. Um, if you know, I did nothing but stock ups in my stock report. If you wanted to apply any kind of stock down, it was at the tight end position. I thought Dak looks great um with what he was asked to do mike mccarthy was a little bit conservative on second and long but for the most part was really aggressive as a play caller i I mean it's amazing that we've gone this far and haven't talked about um the offense that he called it was a really purposeful offense i love that they even at the end of the first half were still kind of taking shots and being aggressive um again it it's it's hard to say like i'm I'm not going to sit here and say like dak was like overwhelmingly awesome but i think he was fine I, i think he you know, did what was necessary, did what was asked of him. I I would put it way beyond anything like game management or bus driving or whatever, but um, it just wasn't a game that required much on offense. File it under something to watch. I don't think he looked bad, but I did see him. And I wasn't watching the full game closely because, you know, the Eagles had just played and I was doing recap stuff. I did see him miss a couple throws and I did look at the box score and I'm like, oh, that wasn't really too good. But again, the context of it's not like he needed to do a lot. So it's not necessarily like, they're going all out in this game. Um, I'm very interested to see the next few weeks for the Cowboys. We obviously talked about it, but um, they do host the New York Jets on Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> and so um, it's uh, it's that it's a line. Nice path it, to 2-0. And, and next week they visit the Arizona Cardinals before they host the Patriots. Um, a game that at least seems more interesting than it did this time a week ago. But um, just for information's sake, the Cowboys initially opened as three-point favorites against the Jets, according to our Mm -hmm. friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. That was taken off the board, obviously, um, in the Aaron Rodgers moments. Um, It wasn't until about midnight on Monday night um, that they finally put it back up. Currently, Dallas is favored by seven and a half. So four and a half points that moved um, in the aftermath of that. It's the home opener for Dallas. Um, Obviously, you get to 2-0, and you know, it's better than one and one. <laughs> so that's that's just kind of where we're at here. I hit on my lock of the week. You did the Cowboys. I mean, way <laughs> not. I was it wasn't bold enough. I should have taken them <laughs> minus thirty five. Um, uh, yeah, it was. I thought that was just very clear. Um, well, thank you, Bear. We will get to the Giants in a little bit. Uh, we are going in divisional order. Bear, it's fine. Um, the Eagles did win, but over an AFC team, so they're in third place in a technical sense. Um, after the small sample size that is week one, the Washington Commanders, Brandon, beat a former NFC East team, not the Phoenix Cardinals, but the Arizona Cardinals, 20 to 16, the final score. It felt like early on um, that Washington was going to kind of cruise in what we sort of prophesied, 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 professed. I think it's prophesied, um, whatever, uh, that what we foresaw was going to happen. Mm. They were going to blow them out and we were going to get this like onslaught of Washington love. Got a little bit sticky at the very end. Um, kudos to Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. Maybe they are going to be a little bit more plucky than we envision. Maybe they're not quite tanking. But nevertheless, uh, the commanders have a winning percentage of 1,000, uh, 100%, whatever you want to call it, in the Josh Harris ownership era. Yeah, I can say it's impressive when you need 10 points in the fourth quarter to uh, win by four against the Jonathan Gannon, uh, Josh Dobbs-led Cardinals. Josh Dobbs with 4.4 yards per attempt, 78.8 pass rating, 132 passing yards. I mean, 
not the most impressive performance. Cardinals stink. They're really bad. They're trying to be bad, it seems like, to some extent. And Washington struggled to beat them uh, at home in their most juiced-up game they've had in some time. Sam Howell certainly did not do anything to make me look good in terms of <laughs> thinking he can so, be something. The touchdown that he threw to Brian Robinson was awesome, um, to be clear. I mean, I, I I hate to support you, but like there were moments where you were like, hey, this dude's kind of a – a scrappy little quarterback. You know what I mean? Like that, that's at least how I felt. And then it got really bad. I mean, but like there are like, there is legit quarterback play in him. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it exi- it can exist for an entire game though. Well, Curtis Samuel uh, led the team in receiving. So he's the next Christian McCaffrey. That's good news. Um, but also, no, he's, he's the next Curtis Samuel from the true. Carolina days. Obviously true. Uh, running game didn't get going there they, as a whole 28 for 92 3.3 average Brian Robinson was like the the bell cow back but only at 19 for 59 um, not impressive just not really an impressive win they, they won so that's nice for them in their new era and everything but I really think that when you're at home and you're trying to turn a page and everything improve you know okay maybe we, we're the team that or we can be better than people think we can. I think you need more style points in this kind of game against, again, people, a team that people are thinking is going to be the worst team in the NFL. So, Bear, it's fine. Uh, while I'm inclined, Bear's really bummed, by the way. Like, my Justin Fields belief has taken a big hit. Um, I'm mm. actually kind of glad that you're not going to be on Friday's show because I wouldn't want to have to talk about it. With you. Don't worry. It's uh, a long season. I'm right, sure we'll have uh, a chance to talk about it every but, week. But, um, I just so think, offense, what, so can I just, sorry, I didn't, I'm interrupting you, but like, there's, there's nothing needle moving about this, I guess. Is no, but, and I'm not here to be like, oh, watch out for Washington, but, um, and by the way, I mean, well, like, offense was down in the NFL, right? Like, even the Cowboys who scored 40 points, like, it wasn't this big, like, offensive explosion. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, you know, we should extend some, like, week one extended preseason grace to everyone. Um, and that includes Washington. So, like, I get your point, and I agree with you that, like, you would I'm not love trying to, to see... hammer them. I'm just saying. Right, right. But, like, you would love to see, Fine. like, a, a domination. Um, I'm going to dial it back. I would have liked to have seen just moderate cruise control, you know, because it wasn't that. It was stressful at one point in time, and it shouldn't have been. You like you know you didn't even cover you know what I mean like that well because what was the line seven yeah they were seven seven or seven and a half point favorites at home right so I mean um it's the adage that is said all the time good teams win great teams cover so okay you won like I don't even know that you're a good team right now but you won kudos I'm sure the vibes are are really nice but um I don't know that I think they're even going to lose this week we'll get to that game obviously Mm. uh in a little bit but um whatever i mean they exist i have one kind of final question for you on this how did you mm-hmm. feel about joel and beat being there <laughs> i mean because <laughs> that's your excited. guy like that that's is that like, that's what i mean I have, but this is why it matters because it's like okay the star I, I don't think it matters and is now appearing at the rival team's thing and was part of like a promotional you know like the tweet that ian rapaport had saying like celebrities attending week one game include joel Embiid and whoever else spent like obviously magic is part of the ownership and whoever else was there um yeah i don't love to see it i'm not outraged in part because i just don't care about the sixers at all right now and i don't want to think about the sixers at all but i can't say it's cool or fun or a good time well um 
Uh, by the way, I just saw a tweet. Um, my, uh, so my like my Bears uh, belief and my Vikings belief. We'll get to the Vikings obviously in a little mm. bit. We preview Thursday Night Football. Really down. I might be ready to jump ship on the Vikings. We'll talk about that. But uh, wow. I saw a great tweet. Now is the time for the Jets to trade for Kirk Cousins. I kind of love that. Um, right, because we kind of think the Vikings are moving on. Like that is a great. Uh, that's my favorite Jets idea that I've heard so far. Um, they should. And plus, I really want that to happen because there's no way he would play this week. So that means I get the benefit of the Cowboys not having to play him mm -hmm. and then getting to see Kirk thrive, which I definitely would love to see. Uh, but okay, let's move on. The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, we're not uh, going to take a break. We're halfway through. Fine. Take a break, even though we already put the graphic up on the screen. We will be right back after one very important singular word from our sponsors. Brandon, welcome back. While we were gone, I told you what I made over the weekend, and it was delicious. Do you want me to tell the listeners as well? I saw a picture of this. I don't remember exactly what it was. I smoked a pulled pork uh, or pork butt um, on Saturday. So I did this and I was so happy on Sunday that I did it on mm. Saturday, even though the Cowboys played on Sunday night, uh, because while, you know, a pellet grill removes a lot of the work, like they don't have to nurse the fire. I still had to do, you know, a few things that I wouldn't have wanted to have done, you know, while the red zone action was happening all day on Sunday. Um, ten and a half hours it was in there. And holy crap. It slapped. It was amazing. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Wish I got to try it. Um, me too. Anyway, uh, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles had a 16 to nothing lead on the road in Foxborough. Tom Brady uh, was celebrated and was fast-tracked into the New England Patriots Hall of Fame. Uh, imagine asking Jerry Jones to do that with Jimmy Johnson. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, that became, talk about stressful, sticky, tenuous, mm. all of those things. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a fumble at the very end of this game that opened the door for the Patriots to kind of climb their way back in, and they damn near did it, if not for who uh, had the the one foot out of bounds at the very end? Was it for New England? Was it, His last it name wasn't. is Booty, B-O-U-T-E-E. -E. Yeah, um, I will always remember this as the Kendrick Bourne game uh, for New England um, because Stats believed in him. Stats loves Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I, I never thought that that would translate. Um, he We had some prop bet on him last year. But, uh, but anyway, Kendrick Bourne had two touchdowns, I believe, uh, in this mm -hmm. game for New England. Um, and it really kind of felt like the Patriots were going to do it. But credit to the Eagles. They dug in and held on uh, for a bumpy ride to get to 1-0. Again, this kind of the bigger picture take here is like it's not 2022 20, anymore. It's not it's not as simple as we always say in the show. You always bring up the example of the Des didn't catch it moment. You don't just get to pick up from where you left off last year. It's a whole new year. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles are a team that has two new coordinators and they lost some key players. And you saw some of the effects of those things in this game. I mean, to me, one of the most frustrating things leaving this is <laughs> you have A.J. Brown, you have Devontae Smith, you have Dallas Goddard, you have a good offensive line. Maybe one of the better ones in the NFL. Maybe the best in the NFL. You have Jalen Hurts. You have all of this. And you score one offensive touchdown. Like, that's just not good enough. I know it was bad weather. I know it's Bill Belichick. And I do think the Patriots came up with a really good defensive game plan. Um, it wasn't just like the Eagles weren't executing. Like the Patriots coached well. And look, Brian Johnson in his, is in his first game as an NFL offensive coordinator calling plays, going up against Bill Belichick. Is it? Like, crazy that he got outcoached by that guy. No, not at all. That's not the end of the world. But uh, it's frustrating <laughs> to see. And some of the usage, too. I mean, Dallas Goddard got one target the whole game. Didn't have a reception. What are we doing there? The combination, RJ, of Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and who am I missing? 
uh, De- uh, uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith. The four of them combined for fewer touches than Kenny Gainwell had. Kenny Gainwell, the Eagles' leading running back with 18. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing that? Like, the Kenny Gainwell thing was really interesting. Um, and I know all the jokes and stuff that have been said about him in the past, but um, I know you don't play fantasy football, but this was like a big, like, buzzing thing on, on Sunday. Everybody was like, go pick up Kenny Gainwell right now before it's mm-hmm. too late. It's going to be too late. And the volume, the usage certainly would prove that to be true, like in a fantasy football sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Rashad Penny, healthy scratch, right? I mean, there's no, is there a, an injury going on there that like no injury not, okay. just a yeah. healthy scratch healthy scratch which you know if you still were looking for an explanation further explains the deandre swift trade um deandre swift um in his debut carried the ball one time um again which speaks to the infatuation yeah. of kenny gainwell um but yeah i mean like look i know like we've joked about it and things like that but like objectively like regression of the mean is a thing like and to the mean doesn't even mean like to the actual mean it just means like and everyone like, always gets you on this but like you, the, i think you use it wrong what do you mean how do how am i using it wrong? there's regression that isn't to the mean you can regress that, no that's what i'm saying but you're regressing towards the mean but like it like the eagles i would offer i've said this many times that like this that last year was maybe the best season in Philadelphia Eagles franchise. I said that. That's why the Super Bowl was so devastating because it's like right. this is the zenith, and you didn't accomplish it. So, like, if you were in the actual literal one hundredth percentile, regression to the mean could literally mean you're in the 99th percentile. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I don't know that this is that, but like, it always made sense that like things were going to be a little bit awkward and difficult. Um, and even then, like, I think you can explain it away a little bit. I thought JP Acosta put it well on Monday Football. Monday, if you give Bill Belichick what, like, what was it, six months or not even, well, I don't know, like five months, whatever to prepare for you, like, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. Um, so I don't know that it's warranted to be like panicking if you're an Eagles fan, but it is fair, I think, to have the approach that you do, which is like last season was a one of one kind of thing. Um, they could still be a very good team. Uh, but it it will not be the like weekly, as you mentioned it, like ass kicking that you handed out. It's going to be a lot more like you know, gritty and tough in different instances. And if you can win those games, like kudos, like that is the mark of a good team ultimately. But you mentioned um, the one offensive touchdown. That's where like early on to me, it felt like, man, this is a a tough kind of go for the Eagles because there was the Darius Slade pick six, which was a tip Mm -hmm. ball. Uh, and then the one touchdown came off. The the return was nice though. Yeah, the pick was a gift, but his actual return, like that was deserved. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you give any, you know, amazing athlete, like, an opportunity, like, they're probably going to make something special happen, which is what he did. Although Mac Jones clearly made a business decision, which I don't blame Mm -hmm. him for. Um, But then the lone offensive touchdown was off the Zeke fumble, which set up nicely from a field position standpoint. Like, Mm -hmm. that would be, you know, I think the thing I want to watch the most on Thursday night is, like, can the offense get clicking because Mm -hmm. it was kind of like pulling teeth in New England. Yeah, the offensive line was uncharacteristically not good. Uh, PFF had like Lane Johnson down with six pressures. Jordan Mailata had four pressures allowed. And he had, had two penalties as well, including like this holding penalty where he just didn't even need to do it at all because Jalen Hurts was way away from him already running free. Uh, so that's definitely something where, you know, the offensive line gets the benefit of the doubt. They've been mm-hmm. so good for so long, but we will continue to monitor that. Um, another thing going back to the big picture of it all is like, when expectations are so high, which they naturally are coming off the Super Bowl, there's really only re- room to like underachieve because when you win, you did what you expected. And then if you lose or not even if not even if you lose, uh, the Eagles won and the Eagles covered. And we're sitting here saying like, well, it's not time to panic. Well, yeah, it shouldn't be. because they, they won the game. But I get why at the same time it didn't feel good and why people 
would be saying that, including myself. Uh, I think you have to contextualize it too in terms of week one can be weird. Sure. You just mentioned the last offense year. was down all the way around as well. The Cowboys get not blown out is a weird word, but they're not competitive ultimately in a game that is decided by 16 points, 19 to three last year against the Bucks. It's a long season. At the end of the season, the Cowboys blow out that team in the wild card playoff game in Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, the Bengals started 0-2 last year and end up taking the Chiefs, the eventual Super Bowl champs, down to the wire in the AFC Championship game. Uh, plenty of different examples. The Bears beat the 49ers last year in week one by nine points. Uh, a lot of Carson Wentz, who I just mentioned earlier, had four touchdown passes in a week one victory over Doug Peterson's Jaguars, who won a playoff game last year. Uh, so certainly a lot of things can happen in week one that don't really portend to what ultimately is going to happen. But that being said, uh, this is a game that the Eagles need to flush in a way. And if they go out on Thursday night and they beat up on the Vikings, then I think everyone kind of forgets about week one for the most part. But uh, there's definitely real concerns to emerge from this game. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but there's also, I think, a lot of reason to still give this team the benefit of the doubt. There isn't um, the same kind of, like, um, you know, catchphrase that, that you can say about this same disposition, but, like, we mentioned it a little while ago, right? like, the good teams win, great teams cover. Like, everybody's heard that. I also think that great teams, and we'll see if, the you know, if any of these teams wind up being great, so obviously but we're talking about the Eagles, but, like, I think there is a great team quality to, like, winning games you're not supposed to. You know what I mean? And like they did cover to your point. All, what was it? It was four and a half, right? So it was like, you know, they literally barely covered, but, um, but still covering. No, I think it was actually three and a half. <clears throat> oh, you're right. Um, okay. Well, still, then, you know, covered comfortably. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, but the two point conversion, oh man, that was it. If you had that line. But anyway, uh, so, um, but there, there is something to like winning. I know, I wouldn't say this was a game that the Eagles weren't supposed to win, but like, you know, landing the plane in turbulence is, is not, easy and especially i know it's it's vogue to like hate on the patriots now and hate on bill belichick and it was all tom brady like this was i'm i'm more interested in the patriots now like i said that week four cowboys game um i'm not i'm not approaching that as as you know um relaxed as i was maybe again at this time a week ago um it was look it was either the eagles defense is going to be awful because they allowed mac jones to kind of like own them or mac jones is taking a bit of a step here I came up with a line of thinking that I think I'm proud of and makes sense. Let me know if you like this or not. I think a head coach sets your floor and the quarterback helps you reach your ceiling. I think that's how the dynamic works here. I think that's what we've seen to bear out. Like the the Patriots clearly have a high floor with Bill Belichick, but Mac Jones, you're not going to have that same kind of ceiling, obviously, as the best player of all time Mm. in Tom Brady. So, yeah, I think that's what we're looking at here. And I think... um, Patriots are going to be a solid team. Their defense certainly is good, but ultimately Bill Belichick is still, again, very much mortal because they're not like going to, Mac Jones isn't going to turn into Brady or anything like that. So still though, Mac Jones in this game threw the ball 54 times. Although, I mean, if you're you're trailing 16 to nothing, like that's, he wasn't great. He was fine. 35 of 54, 316 yards three touchdowns and the one pick that was a tipped ball. I mean, I, I, you know, wouldn't put that on him as much as I would put like, Josh it was Adams a high, it was a high throw. It was, he deserved no, to be still, like, off. it was a high I mean, throw. Maybe like 98% deserved. As opposed it wasn't to like an, ball. it wasn't like the Mahomes interception, uh, like where it's in Kadarius Tony's hands and get the bounce. Like it was thrown way too high. Also, I mean, 316 yards sounds like a lot, but it's 
not when it's you throw 54 times, like you said. It's 5.9. It's a 5.9 average. That's not good. He was um, fine. He wasn't great. He was fine. He um, what he what he did do well is attack a concerning soft middle of the Eagles defense where the Eagles linebackers, certainly with Nicobe Dean getting hurt as well. And uh, Justin Evans starting for them, who was kind of like, who's that uh, is not good. And it's certainly something that teams will be looking to do moving forward. That's definitely something he did do. Um, let's move on to the Giants. I know we already kind of talked about them. Um, we didn't say this then, um, but there, I wrote an article at our site um, doing my best to contextualize how um, historical of a beatdown this was. Um, which obviously is, is one half Giants. I don't know if you saw these or if you heard these. Did you see the Bill Barnwell EPA tweet? Uh, I think I did, but I forget it. So um, the the Giants um, on Sunday night had a negative 23.8 offensive EPA. Um, the Kendall Hinton Broncos um, in the COVID game that he had to play quarterback had a negative 23.7. So they were the Giants were literally, <laughs> literally worse than that. Um, yeah. what's more, um, the giants, um, Optistats had this, I don't know if you saw it. Um, so they accomplished all five of these things in a single game. They lost the game 40 to nothing or worse. They lost the sack battle seven to nothing or worse. They lost the turnover battle three to nothing or worse. They had a field goal blocked and returned for a touchdown. And they also threw a pick six, although that was a, a tip. You know what I mean? That was, I wouldn't put that on Dale Jones. Like that was in Saquon's hands technically, but either way, um, no other team in NFL history has had all five of these happen to them. In the same season, um, they all mm -hmm. happened to the Giants in one single game. It was also uh, not only the biggest shutout victory for the Cowboys in a season opener, it was the biggest shutout loss for the New York Giants in a season opener after they spent the season announcing, we're back, we're for real, everyone stop it, start taking us seriously. Uh, and you and I have extended some grace to them, but like, man, this was... You know, like the benefit of the doubt has been burned. Like, we'll give it, but like you have no more left in the bank. I mean, they didn't deserve any when it came to the Cowboys matchup specifically, as we That's talked fair. about. Just not ever been. Not against the Dak Cowboys. I mean, What's they were 0-10 and they were like, oh, well, we prefer Daniel Jones to Dak Prescott. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's a tough look for the Giants. Not only losing this bad, but also the everything going around it in terms of they're like handing out extensions to a lot of these players. These are like, this is your core. You're not a team on the rise. You're not like, you know, an ascending team or coming off a different regime and you have like all this unlimited potential. This is your team, largely. This is who it is. Like you added Darren Waller to be, you know, more of a complete team. Who, by the way, almost didn't play in this game. I don't know. We did talk about Shocker this with like, another like, injury. Well, that popped up on Friday. Um, mm -hmm. that, that popped up kind of in the 11th hour that he was, uh, I think the official designation was questionable. Um, mm -hmm. But he did wind up playing in the game for what it's worth and making a huge difference clearly so yeah i mean giants are i think in that kind of it could be that 2017 version of them a little bit where you know 2016 they had the ben mcadoo season and that was surprisingly good it didn't feel real at the time entirely remember right. the defense is really good the offense was not good and i remember they also had a really easy schedule and they're beating teams close if you go back to like the second half of last year i mean like what have the giants done you know obviously they beat the vikings okay a team that like no one respected um in I the did. playoffs okay but okay great you did that you have that one playoff win and then proceeded to get blown out 38 to 7 the next week so okay you weren't like going to make a run and no signs of actually making a real run okay but you had that 
but they finished the season kind of weak. Like after they started what seven and two last year. Seven. And, and, they were seven and three, and then we were talking about because they started to slip away, and we were like, "Oh, they're they're going to fall apart." And then we gave them credit because they put their foot in the ground, they staved it off, they had the tie against Washington when it looked like Washington could leapfrog them, um, and they held on obviously and wound up making the playoffs. But they've not been like as impressive for a while now. Like you have to go back to early last year when they were playing at their best. It's been a while now since they've been like super impressive. I have the Giants dead last in my power rankings uh, at Bleeding Green Nation. I mean, how could you not? I mean, it's, 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 it's such a pathetic loss. So you kind of touched on this briefly, but, like, where's the fight at all? Like, it's so hard to get shut out in the NFL. It's very hard. And so, Well, go ahead. No, you finish. Well, you mentioned um, when we talked about the Cowboys that you knew it was over after the block field goal. And yeah. that was actually the missed extra point. Um, it was 6 nothing. And, like, I get your point, but it, it was, obviously wasn't. But to me – it looked like the Giants quit after the pick six. Like when NBC showed Saquon kind of just sitting there, like he he looked stunned. He looked like overwhelmed. And I don't mean to do the like, you know, the sports blogger sitting at home like, oh, look at his face. Like he's completely quit. But like they, they looked completely like they looked like, OK, like we don't belong here with these dudes. And that was really early. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that there was still they they did not play. I hate to again say this like whatever, but they they had quit. Like they quit for over an entire half. Like they were done with this game before halftime. It was very, very clear. And like to me, and I don't think Brian Dable is a bad coach. I did think it was ridiculous that Kevin O'Connell didn't get any discussion for coach of the year last year. I understand that the Vikings would go on to lose to the Giants, whatever. But like you're going to be the coach of the year. Like your dudes cannot quit like this, especially when you're talking Mm. about like you've rebuilt this program and blah, blah, blah. And what's more, we haven't even talked about this. Why? are you leaving Daniel Jones out there to get demolished? I mean, that was such a, even, I mean, like, look, we can sit here and say what we want about Daniel Jones. We actually have been very kind towards him and offered promising, you know, prospects for him. But I mean, like, even if you don't like him, like you just gave him a brand new contract. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing that that is accomplishing nothing? It was a really stupid decision and a really ridiculous one by Brian Dable. Four wins. That's the amount of wins they have in their last 13 games. Like, this is not a team that's trending in the right direction. So You're right. That's they, kind of they were seven and two, and then they finished nine, seven, and one. So yeah, they went so, two, five, and one, and then beat the Vikings in the wild card round. So I just think it's a team that's not necessarily everyone thought they were trending in the right direction because when you look at all the seasons prior and recent history to last year, it looks like, oh. They're going in the right way, but they mm-hmm. did not finish the season on the like from a at least for that second half as a whole, looping the playoffs into that, like on really this trajectory that definitely said they're pointing in the right direction. And then entering the year, we talked about like one of the, the concerns with them is the offensive line, still an issue, and it is still an issue, and it's a huge issue, and you're not getting around that. And like it's not just the only reason why Daniel Jones isn't looking great, but it's certainly uh, a factor. And um, I just don't know really now in fairness, we just talked about the week one stuff. Maybe it's just a really bad week one. Maybe they can rebound here. I don't know though, man. Um, we should probably get to the picks now because then we're getting into their outlook. I mean, right. they get the Cardinals, so maybe they get on well, the right up. track. We, we got to go in order. We got to go in order. Let's, let's close the book on, on the giants in terms of their week one performance. So uh, again, we have to go, uh, now we're not in divisional order. Now we're in chronological order. The rules around yep. here are very, very strict. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles play first this week. They're on Thursday Night Football. Right. We talked about the quick turnaround. Uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook currently have um, the Eagles as seven-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, if you allow me, um, 
I talked about how I'm kind of ready to jump ship on the Vikings. I do believe in Kirk as a quarterback that can, I don't say win the Super Bowl, but like with the right circumstances, the right talent, whatever, like it's, it's possible. We've seen that version of things, but man, that was a tough loss. And I'm also willing to say the week one offense stuff, whatever, maybe the Vikings bounce back, but it was this week, correct me if I'm wrong, a year ago when yep. Philadelphia hosted them on Monday night football. Um, mm-hmm. And I had just picked the Vikings for the Super Bowl. Um, and so I had some tweets that didn't age well. Uh, all the Eagles fans came for me. Uh, I was, you know, whatever. It was an embarrassing night. That was that was kind of like the beginning of the Eagles, like true, like kind of flexing on everyone. Right. Um, and I even said then or shortly after, like, I think we're getting a Philly, Minnesota NFC championship game. And I joked that Jalen Rager was going to make the winning you know, touchdown catch, whatever. Um, I did not anticipate that I, I I'm. I've been like building the case to pick the Vikings against the Eagles forever. I can't do it. I can't like, I, I just cannot do it. Like I think Justin Jefferson is insane. I think Jordan Addison office offers a lot of potential. I think Kirk cousins can get it done, but I'm no longer willing to believe in this team. They have to re-earn some benefit of the doubt in my book. So I'm taking the Eagles to win and to cover. Hard not to take the Eagles to win in terms of, I mean, Kirk cousins, the primetime thing has been a thing. It's not, it's not, not a thing at all. And it's and... on prime, like literally on prime. There you go. An added factor. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird to me because, you know, he had the turnovers. I don't know that he's going to necessarily turn the ball over three times again, definitely. Uh, But still, I mean, that Bucks team is not good. I don't, I mean, I'm not buying that Bucks team as being great. They were, and the Vikings were five point home favorites and you lost. They they were my lock. They were my lock of the week. Oh, I didn't remember that. Wow. That's tough. Um, I mean, they should have won. Like, that was a reasonable expectation, and instead, they put up 17 freaking points on the Bucs. Um, it's a big spread, so I don't really feel... I would stay away. I wouldn't touch it. That's fair. I don't like, I don't like touching that at all, because I don't want to put faith in Cousins, and I also just think it's a big number. I do think the Eagles will win the game. I'm worried about the Vikings attacking the middle of the Eagles' defense, which I just talked about as a concern. Justin so Jefferson also... Dean- What's the situation there? Yeah, All the, I, me, there's a lot of injuries going on. A lot of them. We talked about Kenny Gainwell earlier. He might not even play. Derek Gunn, who's a really good reporter in Philadelphia, had mentioned that uh, he has a ribs issue, and it's kind of not looking uh, – he's not sure. It's kind of up in the air. Kenny Gainwell's kind of up in the air as we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, Fletcher Cox is expected to play through his ribs injury. James Bradbury is likely going to be out because he has a concussion, and it's really hard to pass the concussion protocol uh from a you know sunday afternoon to a, a thursday game so it looks like the eagles will be starting josh job across from darius slay that's certainly uh an issue i i think job had a good summer but you know james bradbury is a more established player and then with nicobe dean sounds like he's going to be out multiple weeks could potentially go on ir the Eagles only have two other four three off ball linebackers on the roster that is zach cunningham who they signed in training camp and that is christian ellis who's been was actually originally i think signed with the vikings as a udfa or was a draft pick by them once upon a time it's a little revenge game angle for him but those are the only two ones on the roster they can bring up nicholas morrow who was like the starter in day one in training camp and then fell out of favor and got cut and was resigned to the practice squad so um yeah they're dealing with some injury issues that's not ideal i think there was another one on there too but i'm missing i said dean bradbury cox gainwell and I think there was one more too, but point being, uh, that's that is the one thing I don't like. And so I said earlier, I think it's a nice opportunity for the Eagles to play so quickly, for the sake that they can kind of just put the week one behind them and uh, turn the page to week two and feel better about themselves that they can win this game. But the bad news is they have these injuries here, and 
that is going to be an issue. Uh, Reed Blankenship also as well was on the injury report, but I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, to be clear, I agree with you um, in terms of picking them to cover. My picking Philadelphia to cover is more about, like, I'm just kind of sick of the Vikings now. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've stood up for you so long, you know, and for so many, you know, different things. Like, I I really am, am pissed. So I'm just at this point where I'm I'm actually going to the opposite end of the spectrum. I think this mm. game goes two ways, uh, one of two ways potentially for Philadelphia. Obviously, the loss is like, or a loss is like the worst possible thing. Um, but it's either like a blowout win and it's like, okay, you know, stabilize the ship. And then it's like chill, not just for 10 days, but for 11 days because they play on Monday night football the following week against the Buccaneers. Mm. Or um, it's a, you know, another like topsy-turvy kind of rocky ride. And even if you get the win, I do think that that's um, our buddy Pete Tweeney tweeted after the Chiefs loss last Thursday. He was like, it's going to be a really long 10 days in Kansas City, which mm. it's like, why don't you guys <laughs> chill out? You know, <laughs> like, yep, y'all are going to be fine. Like, there's no need for y'all to fret, um, but whatever. But I think Pete was right. And, you know, if it, but my point is, like, sometimes we see that, right, where like a team goes through like a long 10 days because they wait after Thursday night football. Sometimes that can happen even after an ugly win. Um, but if you if you have to sit on a loss for that long, it's it's also really tough. But if you go through that long stretch and then lose after, like if the Chiefs go through the, the proverbial long 10 days and then lose to the Jaguars this week, like the toxicity after that is like a different kind of animal. Um, and so, yeah, I I, I think that people are going to feel like this is a the Eagles have to go make a statement. They have to go like, you know, take off. On, no, no, no. Like the, the, they just got to get the win. You get you get a win. You're two and oh, you get a, a almost two weeks, you know, you know, rounding up here to rest and prepare and kind of calm things down. You'll be fine. I would say they need to score more than one offensive touchdown. It's not that they need to blow them out, but they do need to look. The offense has to look competent. At least that does have to happen. I also if I'm going to throw out a need. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a turnover-prone quarterback, but the fumble last week was very like what? Like, and it was what? It was first play right after the Kendrick with the second Kendrick Bourne touchdown. So it was it was this like kind of like what? Like it, it almost it was like dumb. Turn. Like yeah, it was it was dumb. It wasn't even like rec- it was just a dumb like situational right. thing. Why would you? It's, it, for, first of all, give credit to Jabril Peppers a great hit, but yeah, mm-hmm. why is Jalen Hurts putting himself? And especially because. In the game as a whole, he was doing a really good job of not taking hits and sliding. So why right. was that the time on first down after you know you're trying to bleed the clock to get aggressive? Like it was a baffling decision by him. Exactly. And so if there's if there's something like that, I don't think anyone's gonna come for Jalen Hurts. But then like then the questions start, right? Like then then the like discussions are different. So um, again, I don't think Jalen Hurts has anything to prove. But like go out, play a clean game. Nobody needs to play, like, don't be Josh Allen trying to play hero ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no need for that. Just get a win, get a dub, get through, and have a long week and a half to kind of chill and put it on ice. But, okay, uh, the rest of week two in the NFC East, we talked about it. The Cowboys will host the Jets. Both the Commanders and Giants are on the road. Brandon Washington visiting Denver, New York visiting the Arizona Cardinals. I believe that the Giants are staying on the West Coast after that because they visit the 49ers next week. So life could get very tough for them quickly. Um, just to be clear, we're both picking the Eagles to win. I am picking them to cover. You're not. Um, I think that was your. Inference. I didn't say that. I said I would stay away from the line. If I have to pick, I'll, I'll take them to cover. But I would. I don't. Would I, I wouldn't actually put money on that. Gotcha. I don't okay. Want to bet? That. Understood. Um, the Cowboys line has grown since we started this recording. They are now nine and a half point favorites against the New York Jets. Your pick. Um, straight up and well, we should um, do the Giants. You said chronological order. I mean, the Giants. Oh, that's true. I was four oh five. I was reading. That's my bad. So the Cowboys are in the afternoon window, as are the Commanders. So you're right. First up, the Giant. Um, Giants, no, Cardinals. All, 
Oh, you're right. Yeah, 20, minutes, 20 minutes earlier. That's so you said chronological great, order. Great. No, my bad. That's, you're right. Uh, I, I misread that. Um, so the Giants currently are five-point favorites on the road against the Cardinals. I will take them to win, but not to cover. Yeah, I'll take the points here. Um, uh, that's the same thing. They'll win the game, but I the, you can't get they've not earned the benefit of the doubt. Cardinals haven't done that much either, but it's home. And it's a home dog as five and a half point favorites is pretty tempting. And especially in a matchup where I think both of the teams are not good. Yeah, I will lean with the points, but I will say the Giants do win. Um, if they lose this game, kind of the like 10 days have to sit on it. Like that is a rough way to fall to 0-2, right? Like you get blasted. Well, what You get blasted by the big brother that you said you were on the same page as um, in, in like a, a more humbling way than ever. Then you lose to a, like potentially admittedly openly tanking team um against a defensive coordinator from last year that obviously took a lot of heat um and then you have to stay out there and not only stay out there but then go visit the 49ers of all teams like it's not good and we've talked about this like they you know four of their first six on the road five of their first six against playoff teams from last year um it's a it's a hard beginning of the season for the giants but if they're not ready for it obviously it's going to get away from them it's a must-win game this week. I think you have to. You can't go. You can't. You can't. You're, you can't go into the 49ers game 0 2. You can't. Uh, we might as well do uh, Washington first, even though. Uh, well, actually, DraftKings has Dallas listed next. Um, so mm-hmm. the Jets nine and a half point dogs on the road in the home opener for the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. I. You see nine and a half. I'm looking at eight and a half here. No, nine and a half. Unless it, I haven't refreshed it in the last like. 20 Let me. Minutes, re- I'm gonna refresh too. Maybe I might refresh. Um. Yeah, nine and a half. Okay. Interesting. Um, I like I said, it was seven and a half when we started this conversation 53 minutes ago. I guess I didn't refresh. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it. Yeah. It was eight and a half. I didn't refresh. Now it is. Uh, actually, I think I opened the lines when we started looking at the predictions here. So that was very quickly (laughs) that that changed. It's Um, been nine and a half for like 30 minutes to be clear. I've been waiting to tell you this for a while. So, well, not for me anyway. Um, I mean, the Cowboys are going to win the game. That's not in question. Nine and a half is a lot. Again, I think the Jets can be respectable, but I think you have to. I mean, I would regret putting faith in Zach Wilson, specifically, who is prone to turning the ball over in dumb ways, too. That's going to be an issue that can create points for the Cowboys. I will take the Cowboys to cover. It is a big line. Um, see, my like, oh, I'm taking the Cowboys to cover is a little bit more about the Jets than it is the Cowboys. I worry that some Cowboys fans saw the 40 to nothing and now they're going to be like, oh, we're just going to do that every week. Like, no, no, no. Uh, it will be difficult and it might be, you know, tight and sticky and tenuous and everything because that's life in the NFL. Um, but um, I'm not prepared to give the Zach Wilson Jets anything yet. I, I need to see something, you know what I mean, before I'm willing to even say, hey, I'll give you nine and a half or I'll take nine and a half points. Like, that's a lot, but like, it's a very unique situation um so um okay so uh we're in complete and total universal agreement so far the washington commanders as mentioned are visiting the denver broncos they are the lone underdogs in the division this week brandon (sighs) they are three and a half point dogs um it's not called mile high stadium anymore right it's it's called something i don't know some sponsor uh but either way they're visiting the zero and one broncos what would russell wilson have to say about this game rj you know we haven't done it in a long time um <laughs> you know um i i know we lost last week but um we showed a lot of heart and uh i don't know if you guys saw the beginning of the game but uh but but uh coach payton yeah he's been very very specific that i call him that because i i call him nathaniel hackett nathaniel and uh you know that's apparently uh you know not part of the rules that we have going on here but coach payton uh he went with that onside kick and uh 
man, uh, it was so cool. And I know it didn't count, but uh, it reminded me. Uh, I I know y'all remember uh, uh, Super Bowl 54, 44, excuse me, uh, when the New Orleans Saints uh, did that against Indianapolis Colts and, and Sean Payton. You know, they they won the Super Bowl. I was such a big fan of them. Uh, and then of course I won the Super Bowl. Uh, so we got Super Bowls in the house, and and that's what we're trying to get. We're, we're trying to achieve, and we're, we're trying to strive for. And and it all starts with with the first win of the year. And that's you know we got uh, the Commanders. They really you know they, they played well. They played hard. Uh, they beat the, the Cardinals. I know them well from my time in, uh, in the NFC West, but um, but it, it's it's going to be a battle, and, and we're going to have to fight. And uh, but but I, I'm confident that um, that we have that fight in us. And uh, those fans uh, at at Mile High or whatever we're calling it, Stadium, they're going to be loud and, and they're going to roar. And they're, they're they're the best fans in the world, uh, Broncos Nation, uh, Broncos Country, Broncos Universe, Broncos Galaxy, all of it, man. Uh, let's go. I it felt uh, it felt weird doing it after a while. Like this I, is this is tough, man, because I just talked about how I wasn't impressed with the, the commanders, but Broncos just it's just such bad vibes. They've been such bad vibes with Russ there. They lost to the freaking Raiders. It, it looked like, just the same last week. Like you know yeah, what I mean? That's what I mean. No, nothing like, looked better or different. And um, so I know why I, am I banking on that again? How could I possibly put faith in them? I know I made fun of the onside kick thing, and let me be very clear, I thought it was cool. But like, if I'm being like fair and having to like evaluate it, it was super lame. You know, like it. And um, I think it was Greg Rosenthal who made the point on the around the NFL podcast. Like, it was it was such a like. Remember how big of a badass I am? Move from Sean Payton. Like the the Broncos are the most like smoke and mirrors team ever in this era. Like they're just trying to convince us that they're good, and I'm I'm not. I'm not willing to buy in. I'll, I'll take the commanders to win. I don't feel great about it, but like I can talk myself more <sighs> into that. So I'm obviously taking the points. Just to be different, I'll say the Broncos win, but I will take the points as well. Okay. So then we are on the same page with seven of eight things. We're right. on page of the straight up picks, and then we differ, yeah, on just the spread in the final yeah, so game. You just said exactly game. what I did. You just changed the words. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. So, okay. Then we will see what the week has in store. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um what do you want to say, songs. Brandon, as we as we leave? Well, we have to get to the songs that you're forgetting about. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Man, that's my bad. Uh, so Rachel, <laughs> Rachel uh, was wonderful, as always, and got her song in before um, really anything. Um, and I'm pulling it up here because I think I'm, it was Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5, um, obviously. An amazing song, uh, an incredible song. Rachel doesn't miss. I tell her that in the chat, but Rachel always, um, always hits strong. It's a pretty catchy one. I feel like it was uh, big in like 2000. 11 10 somewhere around I used there to, i used to say to people um i would walk around in college and i would be like i got kicked to the curb because i look like mick jagger like i thought that was a really clever thing to say you know what i mean i also used to text people at 1 15 in the morning this was when the song need you now was like really popular uh and i would i would text like everyone in my phone i'd be like it's a quarter after one um oh. like you know like i was just it was um again i'm I'm not proud of like the the things I thought were cool or funny or clever. I mean, but you're bringing them up, so you are. Thankfully, my friend group uh, allowed me to do them and not call me names. So, yeah. I'm gonna go with "Don't Worry, Be Happy" by Bobby McFerrin because I think that fits the theme of where I'm at with Eagles. I'm not really worried. I do think there are legitimate concerns, but I think ultimately, in the big, I, I said to Jimmy on BGN Radio. If I had to put my concern level from somewhere of 1 to 10, 10 being the sky is falling, I probably was at a 1 entering week 1, and now I'm at like a 2.5 at most entering week 2. And part of that's just because of the injury stuff. It's not even because of like how they looked 
Um, so I think they'll be okay. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, good song. Um, good choice. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to go with um, the song. What's the, can you name a Carly Rae Jepsen song? Um, uh, the Call Me Maybe, right? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one everyone can name. That's, I'm not going to go with that one. Um, I'm going to go with the song I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm. Um, she has some sneaky big time hits. Um, and if you watch the music video for this one, Tom Hanks is in it and he's doing this kind of like dance. It's really cool. Uh, so, Mm. um, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, what's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Forrest Gump. It's hard to argue with. I actually was having a conversation, um, with my wife. I do like terminal a lot too. Um, where he was, that's, that's what it's called, right? The one where you're stuck in the air terminal. Yeah. Um, I think it's the terminal just to be clear, but, um, toy story is up there um castaway's great um it's a little slow which i mean it's but it's a you know compelling movie it's yeah um i agree with that um i mean i'll stick with forrest gump Gump, it's great big's a you know a classic um was it was tom hanks in in philadelphia right i mean it's a a deep story but uh but obviously philadelphia uh yeah i'll go forrest uh, gump forrest gump's pretty good Wow. But I, anyway, I was asking my wife this. Um, we were talking about different things, and the subject of Michael Keaton came up. What would you say is is the like role Michael Keaton is most known for? Like, yeah. if I asked you Tom Hanks, you would maybe be like, you know, Castaway or Toy Story or you know, Forrest Gump, maybe. But like, what is what is Michael Keaton most known for? Batman. Okay, so I think that's the right answer. But he's not even the best Batman. So like, that would suck to like, you know, Who's be known the best for Batman? that. That Christian Bale. No, Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um I mean I love that movie. That's um that's what that which one is that? I forget. Um it's kind of okay. it's silly, it's like ridiculous, but I like it. I always forget. So Batman um and Robin is George Clooney. Um Val Kilmer's It's is... not Clooney. Clooney is definitely not like I know of you're not saying not. that. I'm yeah. saying like anyone who says that, no. Does anybody say that? Like <laughs> I hope not. Um does anybody really believe that? Okay. So I would put um, Val Kilmer ahead of George Clooney as Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton was in Batman and Batman Returns. Val Kilmer was in Batman Forever. George yeah. Clooney was in Batman and Robin. Uh, Which was the one with like the Joker and the Jim Carrey as the Riddler? That's Batman and Robin. And um, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is the Freeze. Okay. Um, man, looking at that movie poster, uh, the Riddler's not even on it. Um, then Uma it, Thurman is uh, right. Is Uma it, Thurman. Then is it the right one then? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's like, it. Jim, they didn't put Jim Carrey on the poster. Oh no, you're right. I'm sorry. That's Val Kilmer's. That's it's Batman Jim Carrey. Forever. They're not going to yeah, put bad. him on the my poster. Bad. Uh, that's Batman Forever with um. That's also with Tommy Lee. Yeah, Jones, I like that films. one a lot. Yeah, I that's mean, actually I just a bet, think that yeah. one's silly. I think Poison Ivy is in there too. Unless no, no, that's she, Batman, that's Batman and Robin. And Robin. I'm that's mixing really all perfect. these up. Yeah, but I do like yeah. Jim Carrey is the Joker, and then uh, what's his name? You said. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as uh, Two Face. Yeah, I don't know. I like that one. Last thing um, on the subject of movies, I watched. I don't know if you saw me tweet about this for the first time ever, like in my life over the weekend. Pulp Fiction. I'd never seen it before. What are you doing? I mean, that's what all my friends I, said. What did you think about it? Um. So I'll admit that, like, it was at an inherent disadvantage for me because, like, it's so much later, right? Like, and then I've heard all these things, and like, there's all this like hype that's like built up. So like, it didn't live up to that. Just again, it was an impossible task. It was fine. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and I've always seen a lot of 
Quentin movies, like speaking of Uma, I'd seen Kill Bill, um, you know, Glorious Bastards, right? Like all these other movies that, you know, were great. So it was fine. I mean, I, I more than anything, I'm just satisfied that like I understand all the pop culture references now. So. I've been on a bit of a guilty pleasure kick of watching clips from mo movies. You know how like like so I'm not a TikTok TikTok guy as much, but I uh, I watch YouTube Shorts, which is I guess like the same thing but different. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll for some reason in my suggesteds I have a big thing going of Tarantino movies between like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. And I think I don't know. Dogs. Oh, you should watch that. Uh, I feel like it's it's just almost it's it's almost like better for that format just like because there's really you know good dialogue there's like the scenes are really good maybe not that the movie isn't good as a whole but the scenes i think are especially good certain scenes so you're one when you're watching them just as scenes you're like wow that was really enjoyable and cool and and you really i think you pick up on things that you might lose otherwise because your your focus is on this bigger thing and it's your attention span is being stretched out as opposed to just this more uh sectioned off clip that's fine and that's fair um that and like some of that though like that's why like the royale with cheese stuff um like it, i'm sure like it was super cool like for somebody that saw it like whatever 25 years ago but like for me it was like oh that's the thing that everybody says um mm. like um i watched fight club for the first time like five years ago and for some reason i had never heard the his name is Robert well, you're breaking Paulson. the rule well sorry but that's i had never heard rule. I had I had obviously heard that before, but I had never heard that his name is Robert Paulson thing. Mm. And when that happened, that was such a cool scene. Like I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Because like nobody had like built it up in my head. So um, yeah, uh, maybe I'll watch Reservoir Dogs. I've also never seen Goodfellas. Have you seen? I have also not seen Goodfellas. I'm behind on like any kind of those Italian mm -hmm. like mafia movies. I've seen The Godfather and The Godfather Two. They're very boring to me. Um, have you seen The Usual Suspects? I have not. Oh, RJ. Go ahead. I mean, literally watch that movie before anything else. Just watch. You have to watch. That's one of my favorite movies. The Usual Suspects. Watch it. You'll like it. We'll watch see. It. If you, if you me. tell me what streaming platform is on, it's on. Um, my odds Someone's, of watching it go up. Don't spoil the ending for RJ. It's a really, the, you have to, you can't, you have to watch it. It's really good. Um, last thing, and then we'll leave. Um, I hate when, um, and I understand, actually, Aaron Rodgers is the person I first heard come up with the 24-hour rule when it comes when it came to, like, television shows. He would talk about that with Game of Thrones. Like, you can talk about it after it's been 24 hours. At that point, like, somebody, that's a reasonable amount of time to give someone to watch, like, an episode or something. But I hate when shows or movies spoil other ones for people. Mm. So, like, I hadn't, I've still never seen The Sixth Sense. Um, but when I watched Fifty First Dates for the first time, which I'm sure you're familiar with the plot of, that Drew Barrymore's character like relives the same day over and over and she watches that movie. She's walking like out of the kitchen one day and she said, I'm not going to say it cause I'm not that person, but like she says something about the movie that I'm like, oh, well, I can I never think, watch this now. I feel like the sixth sense was spoiled for everyone. I feel like there's no one who hasn't had the sixth sense spoiled for them other than if they just don't know the movie exists. If you've heard of the sixth sense, I feel like even if you haven't seen it, you've had it spoiled for you. All right. Let's get it's out of big, here. It's a, it's a big thing. As we do, Brandon, tell us your favorite movie ever that is not The Usual Suspects. Ever is tough. There's a lot of different ways I can do with that. Most enjoyable movie or movie I think is the best ever? It's your question, man. You can do whatever you want. <sighs> I'm going to say, and it's coming back to theaters soon, as of October 20th, it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs>